Before we start, just to acknowledge that this episode of Talking Indonesia was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri and Woiwurrung people. The country of Indonesia. Do they like me in Indonesia? 100% confident Indonesia will prevail. Hello, my name is Tito Ambio from the School of Media and Communication at RMIT University in Melbourne. And today I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, We are going to be talking about cryptocurrency. Um, Now, this is something that many people, I'm sure many of you understand what cryptocurrency is more than I do. Um, And as a very well-informed Talking Indonesia listener, you must be one of those people who at least have tried to understand what cryptocurrency is. But this is the thing about cryptocurrency, right? I find that I understand cryptocurrency until I go a bit deeper And then I find another layer that just confuses me again. (laughs) Um, It's like trying to understand money. You understand it. You know how to use money. You know what to do when people give you money. But when you actually try to understand what it actually is, what money is, and why it is valuable you realize that you cannot understand it as just one thing. You cannot understand money just by trying to understand what what cash is. Um, you have to understand it as, you know, we anthropologists like to say, as an assemblage um, of things. You know, it's not just... You cannot explain money just by, by understanding money without trying to understand the history of banking, the history of commerce, um, and all these other things that are related to how we use money. And I think... This is the same with cryptocurrency, at least in the context of this interview. We need to know the larger context um, of cryptocurrency. Firstly, we need to know that at the moment, for the last few years, Indonesia has been um, in the process of setting up its national cryptocurrency exchange. Having a national cryptocurrency exchange means Indonesia will have a clearinghouse. And the clearinghouse will be a mediator between buyers and sellers. And Indonesia will also have a custodian. Now, this is the important bit. Um, Having a custodian means people will know where their assets are. Now, just remember this because um, I'll come back later. <laughs> now, this is what where it becomes a little bit different for just for this episode, or maybe I'll do it for other episodes as well if it works well. Um, I'm going to have a character in uh, in this in this episode i'm going to call it future tito all right this is the tito that have um that has listened to the interview has done um has done the interview has done a bit more reading and has um has a little bit more understanding about cryptocurrency is compared to tito before doing the interview um and i'll make it clear to you when future tito comes um he might just appear once or twice, but I think it will be quite useful for future Tito to to come and explain a few things as we um, as we um, listen to the interview together. And the context of this interview is that the president of Indonesia, Jokowi, has recently signed a new law that changes the status of cryptocurrency from commodities to securities. Now, this is one of the steps that 
could lead up to the setting up of the national exchange. Um, moving, basically what this law does is it regulates cryptocurrency, moving it from BAPAPTI, now this is another acronym that you will hear a lot during this interview, uh, so moving it from BAPAPTI, which is the Badan Pengawas Perdagangan Berjangka Commodity, or the Indonesian Futures Commodity Trading Supervisory Agency, um, to OJK, which is uh, the Otoritas Jasa Keuangan or Financial Services Authority that basically monitors institution that oversees financial services um, industry, basically. Now, we also need to know that confusions and misunderstandings of cryptocurrency or around blockchain technology in Indonesia have led to people losing their money in Indonesia. So when we're talking about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, we are talking about people who use them and how cultures also impact on how people use them or not maybe not cultures but you know lack of understanding about this technology have led to victims uh, victims who have lost uh, money from scams or just general misunderstandings about what cryptocurrency is um, and this is one of the things that our guests in this episode has been involved in Obviously not in doing the scam, but in preventing people from being scammed or from being victims of misunderstandings. Rob Rafael Cardinal is the chairman of the Indonesian Crypto Consumers Association. And we're going to hear from him today. And we might also hear a little bit from future Tito to intervene when, whenever past Tito is feeling a bit lost in his understanding about cryptocurrency. Hope you enjoy the episode. So my name is Rafael and I'm currently 27 years old. I'm also currently the chairman of Indonesian Crypto Consumer Association, which is an association that um, we made. Uh, no, basically the government asked me to help them to regulate and try to educate the consumer about cryptocurrency, which is uh, just like you said that perhaps most of the people said, okay, I know cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. but deep down, actually they didn't know a lot or anything about the how the cryptocurrency works or how the blockchain works or how the industry is going to work in the, in the future. Yeah. And I would love for you to explain it to us in simple terms <laughs> later, but yeah. cryptocurrency is something that has been quite influential in Indonesia. And recently, the president, Jokowi, has changed the regulation to change cryptocurrency um, in Indonesia. And it's now classed as securities instead of commodities. Can you explain that current regulation and what it means for most people? So uh, at first, the Cryptocurrency was in BAPEPTI, which is under the Ministry of Trade. Mm -hmm. But uh, after the P2SK, which has happened on December last year, the government, the parliament decided that it's going to be regulated under OJK, which means, uh, yes, it's going to be, uh, probably people will think it's going to be directly a securities uh, other than communities. But um, under the P2SK, actually, they're going to state crypto as um how do I say it in English? But in Indonesia, is asset keuangan digital. So it's like digital financial asset. Mm -hmm. So uh, to say that it's securities and commodity is something that um, 
personally I still be I still be waiting for the final definition from the uh, OJK because the OJK will in this seven months it will they will make the POJK which which is the upcoming law uh, regarding crypto and all the above. So hmm. uh, in my uh, in my point of view is when they move it to to OJK or the the most of the people in the current industry is actually afraid because they said that uh, OJK is more stiff and it's more like it's more likely to regulate it. But in my point of view, I think it's the best way to regulate crypto because hmm. uh, cryptocurrency is. For some people, they make a lot of money, but also a lot of people they got lost a big amount. They got scam. They got work. All the problems. It's it's there. So mm. to make it more regulated and under the supervision of like I can say that uh, OJK is super body because they directly answer to president. Because back then, Bapepti is answering to the minister minister and then minister tell to the president so it's gonna be more like direct approach to the president so the president can hear a lot and and he can be directly informed about how the crypto is gonna be going in indonesia mm. now what why is a you know you mentioned before it's taking a while for the government to even come up with definition um why is it very difficult to define what cryptocurrency is and why is it very difficult for governments around the world to regulate cryptocurrency characteristic of cryptocurrency is not to be regulated because uh, like for the first time i using crypto is like back in 2015 when i play games like uh, world of warcraft and a lot of that they where, where they buy my things i bought things in crypto which mm. because they don't want to use PayPal or they don't want to pay all the taxes and all the things. Uh, therefore, I think it's going to be a hard time for the government, even for the for the regulator to make a divine statement on, on what is cryptocurrency. Or Indonesia, they usually call it crypto asset because they don't want to treat it as a currency. So it's, mm. uh, it's going to be a lot of differential on the definition itself. But... Um, so far, from the from the latest regulation, we can uh, we can derive from that we can uh, we can conclude that they're gonna treat it as a digital financial asset, which okay. yeah. So, so what does that mean to if if it's considered to be assets? Um, in my point of view, it's gonna it means that probably if it's asset, then you can be it can be collateralized. Hmm. So the people who said that. Um, Okay, crypto doesn't have any, any, any background or any underlying and everything. It's gonna be, uh, they're gonna be surprised when when the government will will try to make the this intangible asset to be accepted as the collateral in the bank, because uh, government also they working that they want to use uh, ijazah as an collateral in the all the banks and everything and then they would mm-hmm. they want to put the this that digital financial asset as well as the collateral mm. now i'm sure many people have asked you this question before but um i think this is the right time in the interview for me to ask you the very basic question if someone asks you what is cryptocurrency what is your usual simple explanation to people it's basically a currency that stand on the top of a blockchain which will which uh 
we can use it directly from P to P, not but not not from uh, not like a bank. Bank we, we will use it like if there's gonna be a third party in between. But if you use a cryptocurrency in the blockchain directly, it's gonna be like a person to person transfer. So it's gonna uh, it cuts the middleman. It's not gonna be directly the future of money because I don't think that the crypt the current crypto. Uh, crypto coins or crypto tokens are going to be replacing in uh, replacing currency in the future but i think the technology might change everything i mean like if the government want to accept that they, they're going to use uh, digital asset custodian as their basis of the blockchain and for as the basis of the bank then we can uh, transfer everything within minutes uh, within minutes and we only use the technology but not the current cryptocurrency like not bitcoin not ethereum just we can we just we can use the technology to do it yeah. mm. so it's basically um allowing people to trace where their money is and allowing people to transfer money very quickly um yes. and what you said before i, I was really interested in uh, what you said about you know, in Indonesia, people have uh, not only gained from cryptocurrency, but a lot of people have lost. I mean, you know, if you are, you know, anyone who's familiar with Indonesian economy has heard of the term pinjol, right? Pinjaman yeah. online. Yes. And that has created a lot of victims where people have been scammed, people have been borrowing too much money, they can't pay back. And yeah, so um, online technologies have actually created problems for in the context of Indonesia. Now, I want to talk about opportunities with you later. But what do you think is are the risks that you have seen with the use um, of cryptocurrency in the context of Indonesia? I think the current problem in Indonesia is the people and the user, they never try to understand the thing first before they doing it. So it, it goes the other way around. They are lost and they're going to learn about it. So the problem is... Indonesia is lack of reading. I think it's lack of trying to understand the things before you doing it, because many people, many people in the like you said the pinjol industry, most of them is said, oh, I don't know if the interest rate is like one percent a day. I just uh, I just click it and then the money came into my bank account and then after thirty months I got that thirty uh, I got this uh, bill for like thirty percent of my initial. Uh, so I mean like yeah you need to uh, read all a lot about it you need to read about all the terms and conditions you, you need to read about the contracts where you sign with the company so I think the the more of the problem is not the cryptocurrency itself because it, the technology will be always moving there it's gonna be there in the future it's gonna be used but if the people doesn't want to try to understand doesn't want to literate themselves which is gonna be uh, one of our responsibilities as well to educate them but i can educate them as much as they want to be educated it's not it's it's it can be it should be both way it uh, it cannot be one way yeah and it is interesting because i think the spirit of cryptocurrency is about less regulation but then when we're actually looking at the way cryptocurrency is understood um, or misunderstood we see the role as you said we see the role of education and we see the role of giving people the right information so if they want to do anything with cryptocurrency at least they have the right information can you see how the indonesian government could play a role here uh, i don't want to say that the government is fail or everything like that but 
I mean, crypto industry is uh, crypto technology is uh, fairly new because it's only happened in like 2009 and until now it's only like 13 years. And um, to give them a lot of responsibility, especially Bapepti like right now, it's it's actually very not a wise decision because uh, we currently have like 15 million uh, crypto user in Indonesia, which is uh, derived from the single ID identification from the from the Bapepti. But um, the current Bapepti personal, I think it's only probably the one who understands crypto is probably like one or two, which that's, <laughs> yeah, it, so it doesn't make sense for one or two people to educate these 15 million people. I mean, like that's where the uh, problem came, right? So people doesn't get educated, but all these influencers, all the people who act as a crypto educator and all the things, but mostly they just uh, uh, pump their own coin, pump their own things, and also <laughs> they get paid by the certain uh, cryptocurrency to gain the attraction or something like that. That's so. That's where the problem came from, people. So. If the government want to cut it, they, 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 they cannot as well because it's like an open market. You can tweet anything you want and people can read, the, read anything they want. So, I mean, the government can cannot do as much back then because it's, uh, first of all, it's it's new, fairly new for, for them. And until now, I don't I don't see that there is one government official that really understand crypto in all sense that understanding, understanding the major part the the all of the part not even um most of them is only understand that okay cryptocurrency you can you can lose you can win you can so it's very basic knowledge even until now so it's going to be a lot of problem if they don't have any module on this in which until from the 2018 until now there's no such thing as the module from the current regulator to the investor or mm-hmm. the crypto user yeah I you remind me of um, a case in Indonesia. I think it was a few years ago. I can't remember the names of these influencers who were promoting Binomo. I think. Oh, Indra Kens. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that was. <laughs> can you tell us what happened then? Uh, what happened within that case? Uh, so actually, during the case, uh, this is yeah, this is my personal experience, which I met him directly. Mm-hmm before he got caught so it's like one one of uh, my uh, uh mutual friend so actually the things that he do he he said that okay binomo is unregulated not uh unregulated and uh and not being allowed is a different thing he said okay i say you have a point but um the thing is the thing the way that he uh that he marketed the binomo and everything probably make people want to want see that oh this this little kid got a lot of money and everything <laughs> he bought a lot of car he bought tesla ferrari and everything which okay and then the people got formal in and then and then that and then long story short a lot of people use binomo and after that that we know that uh this indirects get like i think 25% from every deposit from the people 
Okay, future Tito here, and I sound exactly the same as past Tito, so um, hopefully it's not too confusing, but I think it's quite important for me to add a bit of context here. Um, Binomo is not even cryptocurrency. Binomo is the name of a company that does this thing called binary option, and it's basically uh, very similar to gambling. Basically, it's just guessing where the stock price or you know something in the financial market will go up or down at a certain time. Um, in the case of Indra Kens and Doni Salmanan, um, and Doni Salmanan is the other influencer who was also arrested in a high-profile case in May 2022 in Indonesia. The problem with them was that they gave the impression that they were traders, that they were experienced traders who knew how to read the market. And in fact, if you look at uh, their videos and the videos of other YouTubers and influencers, people who were paid by Binomo to become their affiliates. What you would see when they were talking about Binomo, what you would see on the screen on their video is like a stock um, stock chart, right? You will see that it's going up and down. And then what they would do is they would press the, right, uh, the, the, the button at the right time and they would be getting hundreds, if not thousands of dollars just by pressing the button at the right time. And for people who don't understand what they are doing, it looks like trading. However, what they were doing, what Indra Kent and Doni Salmanan and other Binomo affiliates were doing, they were not trading. Um, they were getting money from Binomo. Um, and the money comes from people who signed up people who were betting their money. And some reports actually said that the more people lost money, the more these affiliates would receive. Now, what makes this even more tragic was the reason why we know about this was because their victims um, got together, reported them to the police, and they were able to show that they were indeed tricked and duped by these influences. Did they get their money back? No, because the judge in that case decided or uh, ruled that because binary option is very similar to gambling, if not the same as gambling, the court decided that these people lost their money through gambling. And when you lose your money through gambling, you cannot get your money back. Now, this episode was recorded in 16th of February to, uh, 2023. So if you're listening to this um, at a future time, this might have changed. But as of now, the victims in this case could not get that, their money back. Um, I think that's enough for this case. Um, let's go back to the interview. Let's go back to this regulation, the change, the switch in regulation in the Indonesian government to change um, cryptocurrency from uh, Bapati to Ojeka. Um, what has, can you tell us about what has been the discussion before uh, the change? Was it, what, were people confused? Were people angry about this? What were the discussion among traders, among uh, government uh, people? What was it like? Um, so basically a lot of um, public, I can say the industry user also get 
confused because there's something that uh, trouble there's uh i don't say it's trouble it's more like a misconception on the bapepti part which they want to they want to make a bursa on top of exchanges so it's it, hmm. it's like making exchanges on exchanges so it's it's something that really trouble them because um most of the industry so um I'm, we already act, act, act as an exchange uh, how do you uh, connect an exchange with an exchange how do we Uh, how do we conclude the price discrepancies and everything? So the regulation said that Indonesia need to have a bursa in crypto to get them a license. So until now, for your information, that we the all the crypto exchanges in Indonesia is stand as CPFAK, which is calon pedagang fisik aset crypto. So they're still a calon, not yet licensed. Yes. Yeah. So they're they're candidates. That yeah, they're only candidates, yeah. not. license the problem because yeah, right. uh, because the because the law is obliged them to make this uh, bursa which never happen that's mm. actually uh, where the problem is and moreover the uh, i would say this this is uh, my um, personal opinion but i think the most problematic thing is that we don't have any uh, custodian under our national flag which means what that, do you mean by that uh, which means that uh, example i bought i bought Uh, one Bitcoin in one of the Indonesian exchanges. Mm-hmm. My digital asset, I don't know where it's, uh, even the government that don't know where it's going to be located. Right. Okay. So you don't even, so how, why? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the, so uh, last year, one of the big exchanges in Indonesia, I think it's a top four. I don't want to say the yeah. blend or anything. Okay. Yeah. So he got bankrupt actually in Singapore. This blend. Right. But there, uh, but he also have this candidate license in Indonesia. So the Indonesian uh, investor or Indonesian user of these crypto exchanges also got hold on their withdrawal. Uh, so the problem is there are many. Uh, so there, there is a lot of exchanges that have uh, many country representative and everything. But the problem is they commingle their assets. So the assets from Indonesian, Thailand, Singapore, they put it as one. So if uh, one of them is getting in trouble, all of them is getting in trouble. So Because of this trouble in Singapore, the one who get trouble is also the Indonesian uh, user. So uh, back then, they got exposure for like 50 million and they're using the Indonesian uh, customer assets to pay that as well. Hmm. Yeah. But right. actually, in the in the regulation from the BAPEPTI, they said that 70% of the, this digital asset needs to be stored in this custodian. But until now, there isn't any custodian in Indonesia. Right. Can you explain to us what what custodians are? Uh, so custodian means that uh, digital asset custodian means that there's a, a cold storage or either a cold or hot storage which is going to be stored in our yeah. land in Indonesia. So if Indonesia have a data center, then we can make a cold storage. So the yeah. so your digital asset example, you have uh, you have uh, one Bitcoin in one of Indonesian exchange. So yeah. 80% of your digital asset is actually stored in this uh, custodian. So this, right. yeah. and and the problem right now is that we don't have a custodian in yes. Indonesia. Yes, because the because this law uh, obliges the custodian to also have this bursa. Right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so that's the actual problem here. This is this is what I meant in the beginning when I said I always feel like whenever I talk about crypto, I'm 
I feel like, oh, yeah, I understand this. But then you ask more questions. Yeah. <laughs> and you start to lose the thread because it's yeah. like, what what's going on? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the current condition. Oh. Yeah. So, until now, yeah. if we bought something in Indonesian um, exchanges, yeah. if we don't, if we didn't carefully read the, all the terms and conditions, sometimes uh, after we bought, we, we no longer help we no longer have the rights to our assets. Right. Okay, so um, so the exchanges, um, basically, you don't really own anything. They yes. Well, they keep the asset, yeah. right? So are so you familiar with the yeah. FTX case? Yes, yes, I was about to ask you about yeah, that. So Is that F- some... Yeah, yeah sorry. Something like that. So FTX case happened because every time... Uh, uh, so we deposit our money to FTX exchanges, Mm-hmm. And then we bought something like probably uh, I bought like 10 BTC. The problem with it, this 10 BTC, they collateralized into Alameda, which is owned by them as well. So they mm-hmm. use your they use the consumer and the user asset to be collateralized, to get money and then to trade it back. So that, that's what yeah. they're doing. What can we learn from that case in Indonesia? Because we, we know that this happened with traditional money this has happened in, in Indonesia, right? Where people pretend that, you know, I'll come and give, give, you, uh, give me all your money and then, you know, I'm going to invest it. I'm going to give you, you know, 20% profit, etc. But then they run away. You know, oh, this happens yeah. all the time in Indonesia. So FTX basically is that, but using cryptocurrency, right? Yes, but, they, um, but uh, the problem for that, if you say that you're an asset management, okay, that's fine. We have uh, we take mm. risk by uh, putting our asset in you, but if you're an exchange, you don't have the right to use the consumer asset to mm. your own things. Just you just you get the transaction fee, you get everything. That that's it. You need to store this uh, people's asset the, to the place that where it belong, not using it to another people uh, leveraging it or use it to another third party. I think uh, it's directly. Um, it's like. It's going to be problematic when you're relying on the third party and the third party bankrupt and then everything is bankrupt. So the domino effect will be like Luna. Luna makes Celsius drop. Celsius uh, dropped the uh, three-hour capital. And then this three-hour capital affected the uh, B- Babel, Babel Finance. And this hmm. Babel Finance is actually that affecting the Indonesian people with their 50 million exposure like last year. So that's what actually happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so when we're talking about cryptocurrency, obviously, as you said before, we're also talking about blockchain technology, yep. which is not only about money, it's also about tracing, uh, origin of things. Yes. So there's a lot of opportunities there as well. Um, do you, have you seen good innovative use of blockchain technology in Indonesia that, that you think uh, we should know about? Uh, I think most of the bank have used it, but on the, their private blockchain example for like credit card. It's gonna yeah, it's right. beneficial from the, for them because yeah it's easy for them to track all this uh, unwanted transaction or uh, fraud and everything. It's gonna be user, uh, it's gonna be easier to track it using blockchain. And I also uh, hear a lot of uh, company big company they wanted to embedded blockchain on their accounting system, especially for like payment gateway, and also something that uh, when you're selling uh, small things or. And also, um, system, uh, the warehouse system is going to be beneficial as well, because uh, warehouse system usually they got uh, double counting and everything. With blockchain, you're gonna you will be avoiding all of that problem. 
What about social inequalities in Indonesia? It's still a big problem. Um, cryptocurrency seems to have the promise of, yeah, maybe a different way of distributing wealth. Um, do you see that happening in Indonesia? Um, I see that probably it's gonna be happening, but not in like five years. Probably, yeah, we Indonesia usually late for like technology, like for most of the people to acknowledge smartphone. It's only like probably happened like two years ago, hmm. which already happened in uh, about like. 10 years ago so we we're gonna be around late like five years so i think after five to six years probably it's gonna be the easiest way to transaction people will prefer to use uh, blockchain transaction than rather than normal transaction also they uh, prefer to sell it on nft rather than selling it to studios or everything i think yeah it's mm. gonna be uh when you call it uh, when you talk about the social uh, equality which means that uh, if you want everyone to have the same opportunity, I think yeah, crypto can provide them by NFT and also the, even you can start investing with like less less money rather hmm. than buying stocks because it, there's no minimum actually. What do you hope to see um, from both the government but also industry uh, users? What do you hope to see? in the next five years? Um, I hope that most of the, I mean, I hope that all of the users have their understanding on what crypto is because understanding the technology, it's going to be beneficial for us because we actually have this demographic advantage. And I really wanted that someday in Indonesia, we export a team of engineer team of crypto developer, crypto blockchain developer, because I really see a lot of uh, crypto developing, uh, blockchain developing talent here in Indonesia. Yeah. And what's the Indonesian Crypto Consumers Association, of which you are a chairman? Um, what what is, um, what is your plan to help people understand more about cryptocurrency in Indonesia? Yeah, so we're doing a lot of uh, campus roadshow. We're going to um, university university and then we uh, also have the also making a media company to help uh, as well to spread it more quickly uh, I'm, we're, we're gonna making a modules on the crypto curriculum and everything whether the government will accept or not but we're just gonna keep making it because yeah people is gonna need it anyway whether the government uh, accept it or not because yeah government even the government itself cannot control how uh, how people treat this cryptocurrency whether they want they ask if uh, because it's as easy as using VPN you can trade it anyway everywhere in the world if it even if it's illegal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously as uh, talking Indonesia doesn't want people to do any illegal things but <laughs> yeah, as, yeah as you know <laughs> um, thank you very much uh, Rafael is there anything else that you want to add mm, I think that's it Thank you for yeah. the opportunity as well. No, thank you very much, uh, Rob Rafael Cardinal, the chairman of Indonesian Crypto Consumers Association. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to hear more from you again. Um, I'm sure this is just the beginning of more conversations. Hopefully, Talking Indonesia can also help people understand this brave new world of cryptocurrency. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much.